stringed instruments. A psalm. A song. That's what it is. It's a psalm. It's a song. It's a song to be sung. We'll actually sing it later on. Number two, it's a prayer. And it's a prayer for the nations. Number three, it's a call to worship. Oh my goodness, you could easily just, let's just read this text and go to singing. It's a call to worship. Number four, it shows us a heart that we are to have. All right, so we're not, we're not reading this at a distance. It's a heart that we're to have. Number five, it's rooted in Old Testament covenant theology. And number six, it's short, but it's not shallow. We could, well, we could, we could do a series on Psalm 67. Maybe someday we do that. Now, each of my points, um, those are your six handles, but I'm going to give you three main points. And my points this morning is going to be my best effort. I'm going to try to build a sentence um, as we go that best expresses what I see as the main driving point of this psalm. So let's pause and pray and we will dive in. Lord, we just ask for your help right now. Lord, expand our hearts, family, city, world. This morning, as we consider mission to the world, expand our hearts, expand our generosity, expand our going, expand our giving, expand our supporting, expand our hearts to pray for these, our missionaries, Lord. To the glory of your name, let the nations be glad. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, point number one. It's the start of my sentence. This is definitely going to be a run-on sentence, but here we go. The psalmist sings, prays, calls us to worship, and shows us a heart for all the nations. And the key word there is all the nations. All the nations. All right, let's read. Actually, we'll read the whole psalm so you get, you get a sense of where things are going. To the choir master with the stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Sound familiar? It's numbers. Selah. That your way may be known on earth. Hear the prayer, hear the cry, the heart. Your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you. Oh God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. I like how the psalm is so all-encompassing. Literally, Take your pen and start circling all the alls. First, it's all-encompassing in, in what it is. It's the prayer. It's the psalm. It's the song. It's the call to worship. It's showing us what our hearts are to be towards the nations. Right? Which is it? Is it a prayer? Is it a song? Is it a heart? The answer is yes. It's all of that. It's all-encompassing. All-encompassing of our minds, our life, our activity, it's all. But the object of the prayer 
is also all-encompassing. It's a song of the nations or for the nations. It's an incredible song. He's not stuttering here, the psalmist. The heart cry of the psalmist is not for some of the nations. It's for all the nations. The word here for nation in the original Hebrew is this word goi, G-O-W-Y. And it, it, the, the literal meaning of it, and may, maybe if you're reading from different translations, you're, I, I'm not sure, I didn't look at uh, different ones as far as this word goes, but it can be translated the peoples. It's the foreign peoples. It's those who are outside the camp of Israel. It's, it's all those who are not a part of God's people. That's the nations. It's not talking about, as we might think of, well, there's America and there's Ukraine and Bolivia and Venezuela. And, no, rather it's the, the psalmist crying out for all the foreign peoples, all the Gentiles, all those who do not know the Lord as their Lord. That's the cry. That's the all-encompassing cry of the psalm. It's all those who are not a part of the people of God. That all of those people would become glad in God. That's the cry of the psalm and the question becomes this, is that the cry of my heart? Is that the cry of our heart? Again, verse two, that I squared that word in. I just make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Verse three, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse five, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse seven, God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. How encompassing is this psalm? How many peoples is, the, is it praying for and singing about? And the answer is all of them. Not a one of them is ignored or forgotten. Now, if I could say this includes peoples that don't like us, okay? They don't like us. They are opposed to us. Some are literally enemies of us. You are Christian. There are those around this world who want the Christian literally dead, killed. They hate you. They hate your God. Those people are included in Psalm 67. That's the heart of Psalm 67 and the all-encompassingness of it. It includes immigrants that are here Illegally. That's the heart of the psalm. Some have run from war-torn cities. Some have been stripped from their homes. Some have been separated from their parents. Now, while we want people to do things legally, don't let that separate you from a heart that says, here they are. And I pray Psalm 67 over those people and sing it. Let them be glad in God. All of them. 
You see, sometimes the Lord sends you to the nations and sometimes he sends the nations to you. May the peoples praise him. May the homeless peoples praise him. May the broken, may the adulterer, may the prostitute, may the hater of God, may the indifferent towards God, may the homosexual and the lesbian friends come to the joy being expressed here in Psalm 67. Do you have any friends that are in any of those categories? I do. And I want them to come to the praise of our God with great gladness and joy. Oh, that they might know Jesus. Is there any people group that you might say, nope, not them? Is my heart all-encompassing like this psalm is? I'm praying that we as a church would grow beyond our comfort level. Some of the things I'm saying is very uncomfortable. God, take us beyond our comfort level. And I want to thank God for a bit of the nations that are in the room here today and every Sunday. Now I am speaking nations. I am talking about not just the peoples, but I tell you what, as I read some of these nations, would you stand if you're from one of these? Dominican Republic. Thank you. Puerto Rico. Venezuela. Guatemala, Colombia, is Colombia in the room this morning? I'm sure I saw Renee. Ukraine, please sis, stand, my sister. South Korea, Vietnam, Thailand, uh, Egypt. I forgot, Egypt, Mina, where are you? I saw you this morning. There you are, there you are. Who am I missing? Anybody else? Haiti, Haiti thank you. <laughs> Philippines, Venezuela. Elena, please stand. Anybody else? Brazil? Fant ah, thank you, Sandra. Mims? <laughs> I just want you to just, to just to have a moment. Just look around you. Some are not here. Um, anybody else here? English was not your first language. Would you stand? Anybody else? Outstanding. Thank you, Michelle. Praise be to God. Like that's, uh, 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 yes, please. Thank you guys. Just want to make, make a point. I want to help us to see, and may God give us nations, all the peoples, praise him. So sometimes we do, do go into all the world, and sometimes the world comes to us, but either way, the point of the text is that all those who are not found in him might come to know God in this great gladness in knowing him. Praise God for, for all that those folks that just stood up. It's a little, little, little taste of heaven where every tribe and tongue will one day bow before his throne. But here's the thing, at Trinity, we want more peoples. We want more peoples.
Now, I'm not driven, and I don't want us to be driven by numbers. Okay? We're not driven by how many people we have at Trinity. That doesn't drive us. We're called to be faithful. Whatever number God gives us, I pray that there would be no marked difference Whenever myself or whoever's preaching behind this pulpit, if there's 30 people in the room, 300 people in the room, 3,000 people in the room, it doesn't matter to us. We're going to preach as if there's 3 million in the room. We don't want to have more people so that we feel good about ourselves or the job that we're doing. Don't want to have more peoples so that some of them might say, wow. What a pastor, or what a church, or what a whatever. No, friends, we want the nations to gather, the peoples to gather, that they might say, what a Savior. What a Savior we serve. To be glad in God, not for us, Lord, not for us, but to your name be the glory for the things you have done. So, so in all of those thoughts, how many people do we want at Trinity and in local churches who are found to be preaching the word of God and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? And the answer is, well, we want them all. We want all of them. We want all that God would give us. How many people do we want singing the praises of our God? Well, the answer is more than we have. As many as God would give. How many people do we want to come to know Jesus? The answer is all of them. And so a lot of people have been asking kind of, you know, what's Trinity's future? You know, it's been getting a little more crowded in here and this or that. And so literally it's a conversation the elders have every time we meet, okay? To be frank, a couple things. We don't have a church planner. Um, Unless if you are one, come see us. Come talk to us, all right? We don't have a church planner that we know of. We don't have an immediate plan nor the funds to build a building, Um. We have more questions than we have answers. And I want to bring that to you. Because we need to be praying for us. And just for the wisdom of the Lord. But, as we're praying, Scripture is exhorting us that this Scripture is to be our heart. Um, so, we don't know. It may, t- it, you know, what the Lord is doing may take us beyond our comforts. I think, I think He already has, to some degree, to some of us, beyond our comforts. You know, we all have a comfort number of people. People are like, I don't, you know, I don't want it to get any bigger because I want to know everybody. Well, it's too late. You can't know everybody. That was too late a long time ago. Um, what's your comfort number? Pastorally, I probably have a comfort number two. I read the book of Acts and I just go, I don't know, pastorally, how did that happen? How do you go from 30 to 3,000 overnight? What does discipleship look like? Like, can we get some more information here? <laughs> you know, how did that play? Got more questions about that and about our future than we have answers. All we can do right now is to pray and to faithfully just preach the word. That's, that's what we can do. But in doing so, we want all the nations, we want all the peoples, all the tribes, all the tongues, all the Gentiles to be found glad in him. Amen. Amen.
Number two, the psalmist sings, prays, calls us to worship, and shows us a heart for all the nations to be found in God. All right, so again, verse two, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse four, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. The psalm is specific. It's not a cry for any old gladness. It's not a cry just for just happy for happy sake. We, we want them to be glad and what will bring them eternal gladness, eternal joy, eternal glories. We want them to be glad in the one who is worthy of such gladness. We want them glad in who God is. And it's just beautiful. That's where the psalm takes us. It's not just gladness for gladness sake. This is joy in a person. And it's the person, well, the person is described in verse two and four. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power. All right, that's a person, your saving power. I wants you to know the God who's saving power. Verse four, let the nations be glad, sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity. You guide the nations upon the earth. That's the psalmist unpacking there just three attributes of God, three, three um, character, characteristics of God. It's his power, his judgment, his guidance, or we could say his rule is being talked about. Now think about those three, power, judgment, rule. How are the nations, the peoples, outside of God towards those three attributes? I don't know if we could think of three more, um, three attributes that would be more opposed in our day. The power of God? Mm, no, don't. People, people don't like the power of God because the power of God hasn't worked out for them the way they want the power of God to work out for them, right? The judgment of God, which is what? The wisdom, God's wise in his judgment. It's with equity. And, and the, the psalm is calling these peoples to come to a place where they're glad in these things. Power, judgment. Praise God. He is all powerful God, but he's also all wise in his judgment. Can you imagine God if he was all powerful, but not all wise in his judgment? That's terrifying. Or can you imagine a God who's all wise in his judgment, but doesn't have the power to accomplish it? That's terrifying. Power, judgment, rule, his sovereign rule, Overall, wow, that is complete submission. This joy of the those outside of the camp, if you will, who come to the Lord and find joy and gladness in his power and his judgment and his rule sounds like you. Sounds like you. It's why you worship. It's why you sing. It's why you celebrate. It's why you clap. It's why you shout to the Lord. It's praise be to God. He is all powerful. His judgments are all wise. Praise God. I gladly submit myself to his rule. It's quite a list of attributes. So the psalm is this cry, this heart that's longing for this gladness to be found in who God is, who he truly is. Not the God that we create in our own mind, but now the, the God of Scripture. Which means it's a cry 
right, for radical, radical transformation. It is from darkness to light. Utter, complete darkness to utter, blinding light. It's radical transformation. Psalm 67. The psalm is so radical, it's, it's a cry, literally, God, turn the lights on in their hearts, in their darkened minds. It's a cry for such total transformation that the person who hates the things of God is changed so drastically in such a way that they now find gladness in the very things that they right now hate. It's not a general joy, happiness. It's more than a Pharrell Williams song with a catchy tune, more than a passing joy. It's a cry for gladness in who God is. It's a joyful submission to him and his rule in their lives. So many today, so many today say, I'm a Christian. I don't hate God. God loves me. I'm a Christian. We're good. But to be a Christian is to have this joy in these attributes because it's who God is. A joy so rooted in the truth of God that it overcomes the circumstances that we face. Circumstances, so difficult, so, so hard to hear this news or that news or whatever it might be. Whatever we might find in 2023 that we haven't found yet. You know there's going to be really difficult news this year. So far, how old am I? 50, 54? I forget. <laughs> so far, 50-something. Every one of those years comes with some really, really difficult circumstance. News that's really, really hard. That we would be so found in God, in his power, in his rule, and his judgments with equity that we find gladness in it. How, how can that be? Well, it's the gladness of the psalm. It's who God is. So the psalmist sings and prays for this joy to be found in all the peoples. That is such a radical psalm. Number three. Building our sentence, our run-on sentence. The psalmist sings, prays, calls us to worship, and shows us a heart for all the nations to be found in God who blesses us to then be a blessing to others. All right, verse one. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That. That. May he bless us in such a way that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. Verse four again, let the nations be glad and sing for joy for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Verse six and seven, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Some of your translations say it like this. God shall bless us so that all the ends of the earth fear him. Remember earlier I said one of the handles to this psalm, Psalm 67, is rooted in Old Testament covenant theology. It's rooted in Genesis chapter 12. We preached some of this 
not that long ago, a few months back. Like there should be an echo in the room. There's an echo in the room from Numbers. There's an echo in the room from Genesis 12, reading in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was God speaking to Abraham then, and we jump forward to Psalm 67, written to corporate Israel. The priest would proclaim this over Israel, and then we jump forward to, we could jump to Matthew 28. We could jump forward to Acts 1. We jump all the way forward to this morning at Trinity Community Church. But don't stop there. Let's jump forward to eternity. Let's jump forward to Revelation 19, verse 1 and 2. After this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. So God speaking to Abram in Genesis, I will bless you. Why? So that you will be a blessing to the nations, the peoples. All the families will be blessed through you, Abram, because I'm going to bless you. So the psalm is doing this beautifully, and it's this echo in the room, and it points us backward to Abraham's covenant, and it points us forward to the church today, and it points us forward all the way to eternity and that final shout of glory in heaven. And I want to ask you, have you been blessed by God? Have you been blessed by God? I'm not talking about this silly, materialistically blessed way of thinking in America. Have you been blessed by God? Has he richly blessed you? To what end has the Lord blessed you? According to scripture, to then be a blessing to the nations, to those who are outside. Scripture casts no small vision. You see, world missions didn't begin in Matthew 28. It had its roots in the Old Testament in Abram's covenant, if the worship team would join me. From Abram to the Psalms to the New Testament to Acts 1 to Matthew 28 to us right here today, what the psalmist is describing here is that there is a blessing that has fallen upon the people of God so that you would be a blessing to the nations, to the absolute ends of the earth. The psalmist describes it here. The earth has yielded, yielded its increase. He puts it in terms of farming. The earth has yielded. Or we could say it like this. Praise be to God, family. Praise him. He has blessed us. We have food to eat. In a farming community, it is praise be to God. We, we get to eat this year, kids. We've got food out there. 
in the field. Look at the harvest. The earth has yielded its increase, is how he puts it. Look at the harvest. Family, God has provided for us. He has taken care of us. We are so blessed. Family, praise him. It literally, verse 6, whether you're aware of it or not, if you are a follower of Christ, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us so that all the ends of the earth fear him. It describes your life as a believer in Christ. It echoes throughout the ages all the way here into our auditorium. You see, the blessing was not to be hoarded. The earth has yielded its increase, family. Let's hoard it. Let's store it up. We have food to eat this year. Look at the harvest. Children, God has provided. He's taken care of us. We're so blessed. With gladness, let's praise him. That describes your life, my life in Christ. And that blessing is not to be hoarded. Let me just hold on to all that the Lord's blessing, his blessings in my life. You know, the glory of the gospel is so that we'd be a blessing to the nations, to all the peoples outside the camp. So have you been blessed by God? If yes, to what end? To what end? So that you might bless others to the end of the earth. Let's stand together. Just would be appropriate for us to sing. Let's sing the psalm together.